Section 13 of the McDermott's of Ballycloran. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The McDermott's of Ballycloran by Anthony Trollope. Section 13. Mr. Keegan. Part 2. Well, well, I didn't mean anything more than that I just heard that a match was made between them. So, Mr. McDermott, Mr. Flannelly will settle fifty pounds a year on you, paid as you like, or come say a pound a week, as you would probably like to pay your lodgings weekly, and he would give one hundred pounds each to your son and daughter, ready money down, you know, Mr. Thady. What do you say, Mr. McDermott? And he got up and walked round so as to stand over the side of Larry's chair. Didn't I tell you then I wouldn't be bothered with your business? If you must come up here jawing and talking, can't you have it out with Thady there? Well, Thady, what do you say? You see how much your father's comfort would be improved, and as I suppose, after all, your sister is to be married, you couldn't well keep the house up, and I'll tell you what more Mr. Flannelly proposes for yourself. I don't want what Mr. Flannelly will do for me, but I'm thinking of the old man and Feemy there. Well, don't you see how much more comfortable he must be? Nothing to bother him, you know. No bills coming due, and as for yourself, you should have a lease, say for five years, of any land you liked say forty acres or so and with your ready money you know sure isn't the land crowded with tenants already said thady ah yes those wretched cabin holders with their half acres mr flannelly would soon get shut of them he means to have no whiskey making on the land let me alone to eject those fellows by dad i'll soon clear off most of them what strip their roofs yes if they wouldn't go quietly but they most of them know me now and i give you my word of honour indeed flannelly said as much you should have any forty acres you please at a fair rent say what the poor devils are paying now without any capital you know no mr keegan i wouldn't have act or part in driving off the poor creatures that know me so well nor would it be safe if i did nor for the matter of that could i well bring myself to be one of mr flannelly's tenants at ballycloran but i won't say that i won't be advising the old man to take the offer if you'd only make it a little fairer consider mr keegan the whole property nigh four hundred pounds a year besides the house and mr flannelly's debt in it only two hundred pounds ah four hundred pounds a year in the house is very well said mr keegan but did you ever see the four hundred pounds and isn't the house half falling down already whose fault is that who built it then mr keegan bad luck to it for a house well i don't know it's much use going into that now but you can't say but what the proposal is a fair one ah mr keegan one pound a week is too little for the old man make it one hundred a year for his life and give feemy three hundred so that she poor girl may have some chance of neither begging or starving if she shouldn't get married and i'll not go against the bargain i'd get a bit of land somewhere though i couldn't be a tenant on ballycloran deed for the matter of that if we must part it i don't care how long it is before i see a sod of it again nonsense mr thady one hundred pounds a year is out of the question why your father's hardly to be called an elderly man yet i couldn't think of advising mr flannelly to give more than he has already proposed don't you think mr mcdermott and he began speaking loudly to the old man one pound a week regularly paid you know would be a nice thing for you now that your daughter is going to get married and that thady here thinks of taking a farm for himself i told you before i'd nothing to say about it and i will say nothing about it the bill don't come round till november and it's very hard you should be bothering the life out of me this way keegan turned away and taking thady by the collar of his coat led him to the window he began to find he could do nothing with larry 
you see mcdermott he said in a half whisper it is impossible to get your father to listen to me and therefore the responsibility must rest upon you as to advising him what he'd better do and now let me put it to you this way you know that you have not the means of raising the money to pay off this debt and that flannelly can sell the estate any day he pleases well suppose you drive us to this and suppose the thing fetches a little over what his claim is don't you know there are great expenses attached to such a sale all would have to come out of the property and your father's other creditors would come on the little remainder and where would you be then you see my boy it's quite impossible the estate should ever come to you now by what i propose your father would sell the estate while he still had the power he would get comfortably settled and i'd take care to manage the annuity so that the other creditors couldn't touch it and you'd get a handful of money to set you up something more decently than the way you're going on here with your tenants but my sister mr keegan when the house came to be taken over from her head what would become of feemy she and the old man could hardly live on a pound a week and when the old man should die why nonsense man isn't your sister as good as married or if not a strapping girl like her is sure of a husband besides when she's a hundred pounds in her pockets she won't have to go far to look for a lover there's plenty in carrick would be glad to take her take her mr keegan do you think i'd be offering her that way to any huckster in carrick that wanted a hundred pound or that she would put up with the like of that bad as we are we ain't come to that yet there you go with your family pride thady but family pride won't feed you and the offer i've made will so you better bring the old man around to accept it make it eighty pounds a year for my father and two hundred and fifty pounds for feemy and i'll do the best i can not a penny more than i offered indeed mr flannelly would get the property cheaper if he sold it the regular way under the mortgage so that he doesn't care about it only he'd sooner you got the difference than strangers well you won't get the old man to take the offer eh i can't advise him to sell his property and his house and everything so for nothing then you know we must sell it for him will you give me till monday said thady till i ask some friend what i ought to do some friend what friend do you want to be asking some attorney dolan i suppose who of course would tell you not to part with the property that he might make a penny of it no master thady that won't do either yes or no no or yes i don't care which but an answer if you please as flannelly is determined he will do something it's no lawyer i want to speak to mr keegan i've had too much of lawyers but it's my friend father john what the priest thank ye for nothing i'll have no damned priest meddling and to tell you the truth at once it's either now or never and think where your father'll be if this house is sold over his head before he has a place to stretch himself in oh you know and i know you can't sell it out of hand in that way all at once deed but we can though and by god if you mean to be stiff about it you shall be out of the place before the may rents come due would you want me to go and sell all that's left in the family without giving me a day to consider without asking my friends what's best to do for the old man and for poor feemy surely mr keegan surely nonsense you see how it is i want to give flannelly an answer he's not asking anything of you he's offering a provision to you all which you might go far to look for if the law takes its course as of course it will do if you oppose his offer but perhaps you're thinking we can't sell the estate and from the old man's state because he's not compos you can get ballycloran into your own hands if that's the game you're playing you'll soon find yourself in the wrong box my lad it's not of myself i'm thinking and it's only you such as you would be saying so of me but supposing now the old man consented to this bargain how would he be sure of his money sure of his money why wouldn't it be settled on him 
wouldn't it be named as one of the conditions of the sale he'd be a deal surer of that than he is now of his daily dinner for that i believe he's not very sure of as things are going at ballycloran thady looked at the attorney as though he longed to answer him in the same strain but he said nothing of the sort he remained looking out of the window for a short time considering what he should do well mcdermott i can't be here all day you know what do you say to it i'll spake to my father it's he must decide you know at last and not me larry you heard what mr keegan said didn't you and he explained to his father the nature of the offer and tried to make him understand that at any rate ballycloran must go and that it would be better to go at once with some provision to look to than to stay there and be driven out without any and that mr flannelly would not be content any longer with getting the interest for his money but that he was determined to get the principal either by having the property sold or by taking possession of it himself it was long before he could make the old man precisely understand what it was that was required of him during which time keegan remained at the window as if he was not hearing a word that passed between the father and the son and does he want us to go clean out of it thady root and branch father for ivor and ivor and they'll be the finish of the mcdermott's of ballycloran but larry and he put his hand with more tenderness than seemed to belong to his rough nature on his father's arm but larry you know you'll never want for anything then you'll be snug enough just where you plays and your money come and due and paid every week you'd be better than in this wretched place eh larry and what's to become of feemy why we must get feemy a husband till then she'll stay with you and she'll have a thriftful of money herself you know she'll be poor enough though god knows it's the thought of her that troubles me most and yourself thady where would you go till you got ballycloran again got ballycloran again why larry you're to sell it outright clane away altogether as for me i must get a bit of land i suppose or list or do something go into america perhaps and it was keegan wanted to buy ballycloran oh it's between them i suppose but what does it matter keegan or flannelly and what did you say thady what did i say oh i could say nothing you know it's for you to do it but larry i think it's the best for you and you may be sure i'll not be complaining after or saying ill of you for what you did when you could do no other and you didn't tell the blackguard ruffian robber to be gone out of that when he asked you to drive your own family out of your own house whist father whist when keegan heard old mcdermott break out in this way he was obliged to turn round so he walked up to the fire and said mr mcdermott may i ask who you are speaking of larry was again commencing when thady held him down gently and said it's not so easy mr keegan for an old man to hear for the first time that he's to leave his house and his home forever where he and his father and his grandfather have lived you'd better let me talk to him a while oh for the matter of that i don't care for his passion but if he means to come to reason let him do so at once for as i said before i won't wait here all day nobody wants you to wait nobody wants you to wait said the father whist larry whist be aisy a while i won't whist and i won't be aisy so mr keegan if you want to have my answer take it and carry it down to that old bricklayer in carrick whose daughter has the divil's bargain in you and for the like of that you're not bad matched tell him from me larry mcdermott tell him from me that i'm not so old yet nor so poor nor so silly that he can swindle me out of my lands and house that way so clever as you think yourself mr keegan you may walk back to carrick again and don't think to call yourself the master of ballycloran yet a while very well mr mcdermott very well my fine fellow look to yourself and mind i tell you i'll have a cheaper bargain of the place by this day six months than i should have now by the terms i'm offering myself you dirty main ruffian if it was only myself you was wantin to turn out of it but to be robbin the boy there of his property that has been working his soul out these six years for that dirty old bricklayer and you want to place all to yourself do you mr keegan fay and a fine estate of gentlemen you'd make anyhow well now you'll repent the day you made yourself such a fool 
However, good morning, Mr. McDermott, good morning. I'll tell them down at Carrick to keep a warm corner for you in that lane there, where them old beggars sleep at night. Kick him out, Thady, kick him out, will ye? Have ye none o' the old blood left round your heart that you'll not kick him out of the house for a pettifogging scheme and blackguard? And Larry got up as though he meant to have a kick at the attorney himself. Be easy, father, and let him go of himself. He'll go fast enough now. Sit down a while. Sit down till I come back. And Thady followed the attorney down the steps on to the gravel road. You'll see, my boy, said Keegan, and now the benevolent attorney had altogether lost his smile. You'll see, my boy, whether I won't make the two of you pay for this, eh, and the whole family too, for a set of proud, beggarly, starved-out paupers. By God, I'll sell every rotten stick of old furniture left in the house on the sixth of next month, and the three of you shall be trampin' in the roads before the winter's over. You're worse than the old man with your passion, Mr. Keegan, said Thady, ten times worse. You know I did what I could to advise him, and even now, if you'll lave him to me, I'll bring him round. Be damned to you with your bringin' round. I'll have no more to do with the pack of you. Would you go on to remember the passionate words of an old man that's lost his senses, Mr. Keegan? For shame on you. If you'll stick to the offer you made before, I'll bring the old man round yet. I tell you, I'll do no such thing, Master Thady, but root and branch, I'll have you out of that, and that right soon, a pack of beggars like you. What right have you to be keeping a respectable man out of his money? Respectable, indeed, very respectable. Look at the house, Mr. Keegan, for which you want to take the whole property, tumbling down already, and you call that respectable? And to be threatening to be driving an old man past his senses out of his house for a few foolish words, and a poor innocent defenseless girl, too. Thady himself was beginning to get in a passion now. And since you will have it, the old man was not far wrong, for it is robbers you are, both of you, and that's your respectability. Robbers, are we? And what are you and your innocent sister? You know, Thady, she can go to Usher. He says he'll keep her. She won't be a huckster's wife, you say? Better that than a captain's mistress, as all agree she is now. As Keegan said this, he seemed to expect that he would be answered by some personal violence. The two were together, standing at the end of the avenue, all but on the public road. Keegan had a stout walking stick in his hand, and he walked out into the road as he said the last words, turning round as he did so, so as to face Thady. The young man stood still for a second or two, as if the meaning of the words had hardly reached him, and then rushed at the attorney with his clenched fist. But the man of law was too quick for him, for striking with the stick, he cried, "'By the Lord of heaven, if you come nearer, I'll brain you!' And as the young man endeavored to get within the sweep of the stick, he received a blow in the arm and elbow, which for the moment disabled him, and the pain was so sharp as to prevent him from any further immediate attack. "'Mr. Keegan, by the living Lord, this day's work shall cost you dear.' and then indulging that ready profuseness of threats in which the less educated of his countrymen are so prone to indulge he returned within the gateway of the avenue and proceeded a short way towards the house here he reached a felled tree lying somewhat across the path on which he sat down for he felt that he could not go to the house before he had considered in his sad heart what he would say there and how he would say it keegan when he found that his antagonist like a dog cowed by a blow was not inclined to come again to the fight turned on his heel and walked back to the place where he had left his horse for some time thady did not recover from the immediate sharp pain arising from the blow and during these minutes firm determinations of signal vengeance filled his imagination damped by no thought of the punishment to which he might thereby be subjecting himself but the luxury of these resolves for they had a certain luxury was soon banished by the thoughts that crowded on his mind when pain gave him liberty to think Firstly, his own impotence with regards to retaliating on Keegan. Secondly, the horrid charge brought against Feemy, 
and the conviction that the scurrility of it would not have occurred to keegan had it not previously been rumored or suggested by others and the dreadful doubt for it was dreadful to thady whether there could be any grounds for it then the recollection of their defenceless state the certainty that flannelly would take every legal step against them and that keegan's threat that they should be turned out to wander through the roads would be realized all these things forced themselves on his recollection and he could not go up to the house he could not meet his father and tell him that between them they had destroyed all hopes of conciliation that they must wander forth as beggars to starve he could not ask counsel from feemy his inability to protect her made him averse to see her in his misery and half broken-hearted as he was he all but made up his mind to join the boys who he knew were meeting with some secret plans for proposed deliverance from their superiors better at any rate join them now thought he than to be driven to do it when he was no better than them as would soon be the case and if he was to perish better first strike a blow at those who had pressed him so low and then it occurred to him that at any rate he would first go to his only good counsellor and he accordingly retraced his steps to the bottom of the avenue resolved if he could find him to tell all his new sorrow to father john End of section thirteen.